0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is a very special episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. In fact, it is the last episode that we're probably going to be calling this Live and Let Die Ranger. Yeah. Uh, the show's done. The Die Ranger is done, that is to right. say. Okay, we're I not Die Ranger has been done since like late 1993. But our journey through Die Ranger is done. Yeah, that was it. And a, what a long, strange trip it's been, Matt. Oh, Dave, you started with saying it's a long, strange trip, and you have ended by doing the same. Uh, thank you for bringing <laughs> back that uh, is that... Wait. Is that a Grateful Dead quote? Oh, dude, I don't know. It's just
1: one of those, like... It's like a general quote,
0: you know? I feel like it is either a Grateful Dead quote or something I saw written in far too many yearbooks.
1: No, yeah, let's see. It is, according to Wikipedia, Matt... Oh, it is a compilation knowledge. album by the Grateful Dead. But I think it probably has to be... That can't be where the phrase comes from.
0: Can that it? is the only thing I know it from. Anyway, we've gotten off track really quick uh, this anyways, week. Okay. Which is fine, Did, because as <laughs> wait, I've said, we're not watching an episode this week. Um, we're just talking. We're talking about our reactions to the show, favorite things, things that didn't make any sense, things that we're going to try to make sense of, and a few questions from you, the listeners. The listeners. So... Uh we're gonna skip the five stars because yeah. the sort of you know, we're just chatting. What is it? Chatting loose. Two
1: guys
0: chatting. Just two guys chatting about Die Ranger. <laughs> so, Dave. Matt. Uh
1: did you like it? I did. I did like it. It's you know, okay. This is the this is the conclusion that I have kind of reached because we've had about a week. To digest, or I have had about a week at this point to digest Die Ranger. And for me, I, I, didn't, I didn't love the ending. All right. Like, I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't like I wasn't super crazy about it because it was this sort of uh, like, hey, you won, but only sort of kind of victory right it's a weird ending it is and I crave like I want I crave for it to I want there to be closure like I want that despite the fact that life doesn't often provide it I want it in my stories but I've I've kind of come around on it I like it more now than I did I think right when
0: I saw it if that makes sense That makes a lot of sense. Actually, one of the reasons when we started this project that I wanted to start with Die Ranger is that the ending is so weird. It's really weird. That I really want. Like, I personally just wanted to watch the show again to see if I got the ending (laughs) any better the second time around. And I thought, like, if I could get somebody else to watch it with me, maybe Maybe. the two of us like could put our heads (laughs) together and figure this thing
1: out. Wait, you know, man, I think. There is a level to which, and this is why I think I like it more now than I sort of did initially. There is a level to which I I just don't know if it totally, like, culturally translates from Japan to America. You know what I mean? Like, I think there are just things um, culturally that maybe... And I don't know exactly what those things are. I'm just kind of guessing based on my consumption of other Japanese media, Mm -hmm. that, like, there's just something that, uh, like, about the culture and, like, the way that it maybe, like, informs, the way that you think about stuff, Um, that that ending made a lot, like, it's much more satisfying or satisfactory if you're Japanese. And I don't know that for sure. I'm just, I'm kind of giving the benefit of the doubt on that. Because there's a number of things, like, uh, I'm thinking of animes particularly here, that people go nuts for, and I hate, like, really actively dislike. Uh, like first what? and foremost among them, I bet you can guess what it is. Oh, uh, is it Trigon? It's Trigon. I
0: it's hate Trigon. Trigon.
1: So much. And the worst part is, is I was actually just telling Beth about this, about how Trigon is great, and everyone in it is great, except the main character, who is terrible. Uh, and I know that there are people who love it. I just I don't dig it, man. So,
0: but yeah, I've come the majority around. of Trigun is great. All of the characters in it are great, and most of the episodes are great. But I don't like Vash, and I don't like the ending.
1: Right. I actually never even made it to the ending because I dislike Vash the Stampede so much. Anyways, but I've come around on it. I've come around on it, and now I kind of dig the idea that it's sort of noble right? It's cyclical. Maybe you never defeat Goma, and by extension, like, evil in the universe, but that doesn't mean that you
0: don't stop trying, Right, and... it doesn't invalidate the effort, and I think right. that is sort of the important thing about the ending of the show.
1: Yeah, I and I think, having had a little bit more time to think
0: about it, that's kind of where I'm at. So I did, I really liked the show. It's, and, you know, it's... We've said it a bunch of times, and now that we're at the end, I'm glad that we can fully have this conversation. It is, the structure and story of this show is surprisingly good. Yeah, it really is. I think, you
1: know what I think it's good cool about it, Matt? Is that it's better than it has to be. Much better. You know, and I, sometimes you run into that with, like, really good kids programming is that it's just better than it has to be like it didn't need to be that good the kids would have been fine but you put the effort in and it shows
0: yeah and i mean honestly that the continued existence of the power rangers because now i think power rangers is a much better done show yeah probably i don't know eight ten years of that show it was really like not a particularly well put together television program, but right. it was super successful. So it shows, like, they could have put as little effort into Die Ranger as they did Power Rangers, and it probably would have done pretty well.
1: Right. Yeah, I just, you know, uh, I <laughs> uh, I've gone, this is, I think, the best thing we can say, or I at least can say about the show, is that I have gone from watching it exclusively for the purposes of making fun of it on this show like that's why i was watching the show because it was ridiculous and because we did the show and it was hilarious and weird to now just genuinely enjoying go sentai die ranger not that there's still a lot of stuff there's not a lot of stuff to make fun of it's still there but no, I now actually I had the exact more, uh...
0: same uh, reaction to the first time I watched a Super Sentai show, which was Zou Ranger, and I think Dai Ranger is better than Zou Ranger. Okay. Um, and you should still watch Zou Ranger. If we don't end up doing it for the show, I'll at least lend you the DVDs. You should watch through it. But um, yeah, right on. Ranger. I started watching because I had sat down and watched the first like five, ten episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers a few years ago. And then sort of became aware of Ranger I mean, I had been aware that it existed, but I was not aware that it was all on YouTube. And so I sat down and I watched through the whole thing. And initially, it was just, oh my gosh, it is so weird to watch Power Rangers this through this weird, night, like, the wrong house Power Rangers. mirror. Uh, but by the time I got to the end of the show, I really, really liked it. And actually, the same night that I watched the last episode of Ranger, I also watched the first episode of Die Ranger just because I liked it so much that I decided that I needed more of it.
1: He's <laughs> like, I'm not done. I need more. No, that's fair. I dig it. Okay, so
0: I'm, I'm glad that you've come around on it because, like, the original hook of the show, longtime listeners will recall, is that I had watched the entire show and you had seen none of it, so you were getting a very fresh reaction and not just a fresh reaction to Die Ranger. But a fresh reaction to Super Sentai in general, because mm. you had never seen any of it, other than, like, one episode that I had shown you sometime.
1: Yeah, I had. I had, I had sat down, I had watched, like, one episode with you, but, uh, no, man, having gone through the whole thing,
0: like, I'm into it! I think that's probably gonna change the tenor of our show for season two, because now, you know, you haven't watched Jetman, but you have watched 50 episodes of a Super Sentai. Like, you yeah. at least are familiar with the conventions of the show. Yeah, well, you know, I hope it doesn't mess us up. Not
1: mess us up, you know what I'm saying. Like, I hope it doesn't change it up too much. I feel like it probably
0: won't. Nah, Jetman is weird in a different way. Okay, awesome. So, you know, really, as long as it's just weird. Okay, so we've talked about reactions to the show in general. Let's get down into a few more specifics here. So, who ended up being your favorite of the Rangers?
1: Who? Man. You it's know, a for a question, long right? time, it's tough. For a long time, I think I would have just said Daigo.
0: Like, Daigo was the easy choice, right? Like, Well, Daigo was the best of them. Like, the, right. the most noble of the characters in the first, I don't know, maybe even the first half of the show. Yeah,
1: but as it changes,
0: dude, honestly,
1: I I might have to go with Shoji.
0: yes. Yeah. He might
1: have to go with Shoji, and I'll tell you why. Actually, I'll tell you when he jumped up. It was in the third Three Stooges episode.
0: Oh, he has well, the Three bike Stooges. race
1: with General Kamikaze. And it just became like his motivation that like he wants this to be a duel between men and like it's important to him and why it's important and all of that stuff and then his later relationship with the Three Stooges, it really bumps him up, in my opinion.
0: I feel like Shoji and Ryo are the two of the Rangers that got the most of a character arc.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, like, Daigo is awesome, but I feel like but he Daigo starts about as
0: awesome as and, he ends up. Yeah, like, he doesn't the, get more awesome. All of the Daigo episodes, like the really heavy Daigo episodes... Are not so much about the development of Daigo as a character, although you do get that. Yeah. They're, they're mostly about the story of Kujaku, mm-hmm. which is cool, and it's a it's a cool aspect of the show and a fun sort of through line that pops in and out, Yeah, but you don't get, like, a ton of extra Daigo. The only one that I can right. really think of that's not like that is the one where uh, there's the guy who turns little girls into dolls and turns dolls into little girls. That's which yeah. is kind of a weak episode, which That's is a shame. A weird one. <laughs> I feel like the the two characters that kind of got slighted, uh, development wise, as the show progressed, were uh, Kazu and I feel like particularly Rin.
1: You know, honestly, I never. There was never much to Kazu. You know what I mean? Like he was just he was always there and he was cool. But there was never, even in the Kazu centric episodes, it was never like a super big
0: deal that Kazu was
1: there. You know what I mean?
0: Kazu's like focus episodes, the ones that are about him. I really like those episodes. The two that I can think of right now are the one with the uh, the tofu monster that got everybody drunk, um, and the one where he was cloned and it was him and his twin brother. I mean, the actor's twin brother. Right. No, I mean,
1: what on to say, is there good, like, they're all good uh, episodes, but I'm not blown away. Like, the fact that Kazu is the central point is not, like, super key. Like, it kind of could have been anybody. Yeah, and you know the other I mean? episodes
0: where Kazu features prominently are. They're half-Kazu, but they're also like half-cameo episodes. Right. Because he got tied into that. And one of the things I actually really like about the show, as you see it in those last few episodes, is that everybody has their own sort of supporting cast. You
1: mm. know? Yeah, but I dig that. But that
0: supporting cast did, I think, take away a little bit from particularly Rin and Kazu. And I'm going to say yeah. especially Rin.
1: Yeah, Rin is really, eh, whatever.
0: It's um, a shame, because she's the character, you know, like, she's actually from the Dai tribe. There's a lot right. they could have done with her. Like, her uncle, <laughs> grandfather, really granduncle, whatever, is the guy who made all their stuff. And so you would think, like, oh, sure, like, they're going to do a ton with this Rin, character. you can do crazy stuff with her. But she was almost always a supporting character in her own episodes. Yeah,
1: so I would say... Ranking my Rangers, favorite to least favorite. Mm. I gotta. Go, I think I gotta go Shoji at the top, and then I would say Ryu and Daigo. Rio and Daigo are like a tie for two and three, and then probably Kazu and then Rin. But yeah, I've come around on Shoji. I'm real into him. They, they, He's you know, pretty great. The Warrior of Love,
0: man. Bullet
1: Shoji. Yeah, bullet. <laughs> um. All right, Matt. Well, how about this? What was your favorite, I don't know, um, what was your favorite monster of the week? Ooh,
0: favorite monster of the week.
1: I have not thought about this question until I asked it of you literally three seconds ago.
0: Okay, I actually have been thinking about this because I was going to ask you the same question. So I'll give you my answer, and while I'm doing that, you can think about it. Okay. Okay, Dave, I actually have been thinking about this one because I was going to ask you the same question. All right, uh, and so I will answer. And while I'm answering, you can think of your answer.
1: Sounds uh, good.
0: My favorite monster of the week is got to be the Birdcage Vagabond, and I'll Ooh. tell you why.
1: Wait, is that the guy that turned it? Like when he transformed, he had like a giant golden leg with like a like a drop kick power
0: move. Yes, is yeah, that him? He had a okay, golden. Yeah, that guy kick. was great. And what I really liked about that guy is that he, like, he is a Goma and he's of the Goma tribe, and he right. does try to fight the Rangers. But he's not, like... He is a really cool example of the diversity of the Goma. Because the Goma weren't always just Monsters of the Week. Like, sometimes there were some guy who's been exiled from the Goma for... Like, some
1: weird thing. Thousands and... right. of
0: years and doesn't have his superpower anymore. And now just, like, sells birds <laughs> out of a magic van and drives <laughs> around town. And, like, drinks beer and shoots machine guns at people. And then sort of, you know, decides to try to get back in the game. And it's a really cool episode. It's got a great shoji moment where shoji gets trapped inside, like, the weird extra-dimensional bird mm, cage That is a good one. Space. I'll oh, but- I, I loved any time one of the rangers got trapped inside one of the monsters. Like the time that uh, Daigo and Kujuku got trapped inside the furnace hell and he had to punch his way out with the power of love and friendship.
1: Yeah, you know, I was actually going to say, I was thinking about maybe that guy is my favorite monster. But I don't know if he's actually my favorite monster. I think he's just my favorite monster death.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of my favorite moments.
1: Yeah, like I love the moment. But as a monster, I don't know if he's, if he's quite my favorite. Okay, so who is your favorite? Dang. Um my favorite monster. You know who I really liked who is still kind of stuck with me? Is the mirror guy. I can't oh, remember. Oh, from name early is. on. Yeah, he's like pretty he's pretty far back. But he's like a crazy mirror that like absorbs the vanity of women. And uses them to, uses it to power himself. That or I also loved, and I'm assuming we're excluding like Jin and the Three Stooges. Oh yeah, that's my next question. Right. So I think my, that guy or the like tape recorder guy that steals Rin's Kiryoku by becoming her producer but then like falls in love with
0: her and betrays the goma. Oh yeah, I think his name was Media Magician.
1: Yeah, Media, Media Magician. Magician was great. I really liked Media Magician. He was pretty great.
0: And that's such again, that's such a weird episode because It's really strange. It's like a love story between like a video camera monster and Ren. And again, this is one of those instances where it's a Ren episode but it doesn't really showcase Rin. I was, this was actually going to be the low point of that episode when we did it, and I totally forgot. Because there was another thing that bugged me while we were watching it. My real low point of that episode is that Rin doesn't get a lot of showcase time. Mm-hmm. And in that particular instance, her showcase episode was just sort of shoveled away to put in this weird like romance angle. Because she was the one female character. Oh, Yeah. Well, whatever. It was a great episode, and he was a great monster. See, he
1: was a great monster.
0: His, that, I think that actually might be one of my favorite monster deaths, because he has, like, a full, in 20 minutes, he has a love story and a redemption arc, (laughs) you know? Which is so much more than you can say for, like, seasons of Power Rangers.
1: Yeah, that's, um, that's an impressive run in 20 minutes. Like, he's a good guy, then he's a bad guy, then he falls in love, then he's a good guy again.
0: Like. Okay, so what then, Dave, is your favorite, um, let's, let's put them all together. Let's put these sort of, uh, okay, I'm sorry, no, let's not put them together. Let's do two separate categories. One for your favorite supporting character, uh, hero, and one for your favorite supporting character villain. Ooh. And for the purposes of this discussion, let's say that Jin is a supporting character villain. Okay. Let's say that Jin and the Three Stooges are both supporting character villains, because at the end of the show, you could kind of put either of them in either category, but let's just break it up that way. If they ever had to fight them in a giant robot, then they count as a villain. Fair enough. Okay. Favorite supporting
1: character... Hero. Hmm. Dude... I think I gotta go with Lieutenant Shiryu. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Okay, tell me why. Okay, here's what I dig about Lieutenant Shiryu, and maybe it's just kind of what he did in the story, rather than like a whole lot about his character himself. But I remember really digging him because he is—I mean, he is a villain. They do fight him, but I, like Lieutenant Shiryu is definitely a good guy. Like, he's yeah, he is, Yeah, not... he has
0: some anger management problems, but he well, okay, is a good guy. yes.
1: But, I mean, listen, man, the Hulk has also has anger management problems. He's in the Avengers, so... But, you know, okay. True, here's enough, what true enough, As... Is that not true now? Is he not in the Avengers right now? I think he is. Is he? I don't know. Anyways. I think so
0: long as he's in the Avengers movies, he's in the Avengers.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fair. What is going on? We'll talk about it later. Never mind. I was about to start going into, like, a Secret Wars thing, but whatever. Um... So here's what I really dig about Lieutenant Shiryu. And again, it might just be, like, the narrative role that he fills rather than him himself. But he opened up the idea that the Goma are not necessarily, like, inherently evil.
0: You know what I mean? Right, and in a bigger way than the fact... I feel like that actually is a bigger indication that the Goma are not evil than Kazu being a Goma. Like... Kaku. Is, you know, because Kazu being of the Goma Kaku. tribe, that you could say that that's like a weird outlier and he is like the one guy who's turned against. But the fact that Lieutenant Shiryu right. is also that way really exactly. does open up a whole other world.
1: Yeah. It's, that, oh, it's like, okay, maybe, yes, they're fueled by Yorioku, which is like the dark side of the force, I guess. But even so, some of them are, are good guys. You know, maybe they again <laughs> they management problems, but right. but they're trying. And I thought that was such a neat thing to throw in at like basically the end of this show that like oh yeah the guys who have been villains this entire time like yeah the ones that we were fighting were villains, but they were villains because they personally were villains rather than just kind of belonging to a class of like, creature that just, like, oh, yeah, they're just all villains. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. I've, yeah. And I would be very interested. Costume, like, his monster form was a baller. Like, it looks super cool.
0: The, uh, I would be interested at some point, and listen, this show has been off the air for 20-something years, so we're never going to get any more backstory on this. I Yeah, I think that's a fair fair bet, Matt. But it is fun to think about what the... Original fight between the Dai Tribe and the Goma Tribe six thousand years ago would have looked like, Ooh. because I feel like there were a lot more sort of, it was a lot more gray, you know, like Rio's yeah. dad went from the Dai Tribe to the Goma Tribe, so did Gara, and then Kaku went from the Goma Tribe to the Dai Tribe, and also, and I think this is key now that we finished the whole show. Like the crazy unbridled evil of a lot of the Goma main characters mm-hmm. might have been because they were mud monsters that were just sort of put on an evil path. Like, okay, Ooh. we are making this mud puppet. You like and this mud puppet is evil and is like set to do evil things. Wow. Dude, like what I had was not thought like about before? That. Maybe maybe that is why Shotham was able to like have a relationship with Ko and a Kamaru's mom and have those kids. Now, okay. Whoa. This is another question wow. now that we're at the end of the show okay. is at what point did that happen? Uh like are those two kids children of a mud puppet?
1: He, wait, so then would they themselves just be like half mud? mud puppets? Well wait, is the mom no
0: wait, she's she's in the she's the die tribe. The mom is a die tribe, yeah. So that, hmm. that is one of the... That whole part of the show is the only part that makes less sense now that it's all over.
1: <sighs> Damn! Because at what point okay. did that
0: actually happen? And also, another weird thing, now that we're sort of looking back on the show as a whole, is, you know how Akamaru and Ko are twin brothers? Y- oh, yeah, I mean, sort of. Do you remember how there was that one episode where... I mean, they're definitely where... not actually twins. No, they were absolutely twins. No, no, no.
1: I mean, yes, they are twins in the show. They're just clearly not actually twins.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Fraternal That's twins, I guess. Actually twins. Yeah, whatever. Uh, do you remember that one episode where Akamaru tricked Ko into going on a date with him? Oh! Yeah, puts it in a, little different, uh, puts it in a little different uh, <laughs> light there, doesn't it?
1: That's... Oh,
0: dude. Akamaru.
1: Bro. That's... well, Okay. In his defense, Akamaru doesn't know? So it's No, no, he doesn't know. And,
0: like, his plan made sense. Yeah. Uh, It's it's just just one of those things that if they, you know, if Akamaru hadn't died and at some point, like, 20 years later they had, like, a brother sit down, like, that would be a weird conversation to have.
1: Uh, listen, man. Luke and Leia seem to have an okay relationship despite the fact that they kissed that one time. You know what?
0: That is absolutely true. And... If there's one thing that we have learned about director <laughs> is that in all ways it attempts to emulate Star Wars. Right. Um. Oh man. Okay.
1: Sorry, Matt. I just this is a super brief aside. There is apparently a guy, and he has done every Star Wars movie poster, like from the beginning. Right. Oh yeah. I don't remember what his name is, but that I guy. don't remember his name either. But this dude has done all the posters, and so he was doing the poster for the new movie, and. He was in an inter- that He was talking about it in an interview, and he said he read most of the script. He saw like a big chunk of it, you know, because he wanted he had to do the poster. And sure. he says that he thinks, in his opinion, that this is the best Star Wars movie yet. So, really? who knows? But I'm jazzed about it. Anyways, hey man, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. Okay. So back to Die Ranger. How about you? What was your favorite villain supporting
0: character? My favorite villain supporting character. Man, it's tough because I sort of equally want to say Jin or the Three Stooges, because they were both so good and they were both such like the high point of a particular type of episode. Yeah, you know, like the Jin episodes, the Jin episodes almost didn't feel like the same show. They yeah, were just they kung really... fu movies where at the end somebody got in a giant robot,
1: right? Like I want to be honest, dude. I hear you. I thought about those guys, but I was like, ah, I like them so. I mean, I do really like them. I don't know, man. It's tough. I do really like Lieutenant Shiryu,
0: but <sighs> you know what? I'm I'm going to say I'm going to say the Three Stooges. Okay. I think that I like them equally to Jin. But if I'm going to tell somebody to watch an episode of Die Ranger, it's gonna be a Three Stooges episode. Fair enough. You
1: know what? Here's, I think, because I also love Jin. Here, I think, is maybe why I like the Three Stooges better, is I feel, ah, is this true even? Because Jin is responsible for a huge amount of character development on Ryo's part. Ah, man. It's tough,
0: right? It is tough.
1: You know what, dude? by the way,
0: speaking of the Three Stooges. um, Friendship flag, though. They made a friendship friendship flag. flag. Speaking of the Three Stooges, um... I mentioned, I think on last week's episode, that I am going to be a guest on, I think, the episode that drops, well, let's see, it's going to drop tomorrow, which for you listening will be last Friday, of uh, Ranger Danger. I will be on that, talking about Power Rangers with uh, Matt and Michael. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited to listen to that. Oh, it's, I'm also really excited to listen to it, um, (laughs) because it, like I'm used to doing our show, and I we've had a few people on our show, and I'm used right. to like hosting people. Uh, I really hope that I was a good guest because I've never done that before. Mm. Um, I, I feel like it'll be good. They were good at least. Anyway, um, those two guys have only watched two episodes of Die Ranger, and they've put okay. them, They've done episodes of their podcast about both of them, and they are the Die Ranger uh, Three Stooges Soccer episode. Okay.
1: And episode.
0: farewell, the Three Stooges. The motorcycle race and the motorcycle race just went up. Uh, for you, the listener, it would have been last week, I think. Awesome! Uh, definitely go check it out. It is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, man. So yeah, I'm. I am going to see the Three Stooges. I they're can dig that. There's such like a golden moment in the show. Yeah, man, I no, also love they that really they survived are. to the end of the series. <laughs> or at least they they are alive at the end of the series. Which is whether nice. or not they actually died and got kicked out of hell for being losers, I can't tell if that was a joke or not.
1: Ah uh, dude, I don't even That's the glory of Dare Ranger, Matt. We might never know. That could very easily go either way.
0: Okay, Dave. So, what is your favorite heroic supporting character?
1: Oh, my favorite su- heroic supporting character um
0: and you know what? I'll tell you what. Let's say, for the sake of this conversation, okay. that Ko counts as a heroic supporting character. Yeah, that makes sense because he really is mostly—he's pretty. Like, he's around a lot, and he is one of the Rangers, but he's not one of the core group.
1: My favorite heroic supporting character—I mean, really? Okay, so you have what? Ko, cameo, Granddad. Uh, like, we're Haku? not a super. Kuchiku. Are we counting Kaku? Is Kaku yeah, a supporting character?
0: Well, actually, no. I guess Kaku doesn't. I was really going to say, I don't feel character. like he's can... in like every episode, right? So it's going to be Granddad cameo, Kujiku and Ko. Hmm. Can you think of anybody else? Actually, Matt,
1: I think I do. My favorite heroic supporting character
0: is Oh. Oh. Yeah. Did not expect that. That's a twist. Okay. Here's the deal, though.
1: At first, I was like, can I even say that? Because they're giant robots. But I feel like the show has pretty clearly established that the Kaiden beasts are, like, independent entities. Like, they are, you know, they're sentient. They're not just robots. So I think I can do it. I'm going with Darwino as my favorite supporting
0: character. Well, I know throughout the course of this show, you have always been a great supporter of the giant robots.
1: Uh, it's a big deal. It's why I'm here. I love giant robots. How
0: about you, Matt? Um, actually, I'm going to go with another giant robot. I'm going to go with Cameo, who's not always a giant robot. He's sometimes... Yeah, okay. But in his core, he's a giant robot. Uh, Cameo is another character that, again, got a much bigger character arc than I really expected the first time I saw it. And especially yeah. the first time you see him... He's just He's a dude hanging out like a by dude. a lake, playing with turtles, who then runs away when Wong Tiger is being born. And that's it. And you never expect to see that guy again. And then he shows up again in the baseball episode, and you're like, oh, there's that guy. That's weird that they brought this yeah, like guy who's strange. basically basically extra back into the show.
1: hmm And then he becomes a huge part of the show. Right. Both literally and
0: figuratively. Especially figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, Dave, now that we've gotten all that done, mm-hmm. let's cover... we got a couple of questions here from, uh, right from a couple of listeners. Mostly our good old friends Cody and Brian. Cool. Uh, Cody asks, is the Phoenix Ranger's name actually Lynn? Uh, and the answer to that is probably, maybe. Um, so, it, like, the way that they say it, like, to a Western ear... Sounds equally like Lin or Rin. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, what they said on the TV Nihon translations, which is what we were watching, is Rin. I've seen it written Lin more than I've seen Rin. Oh, really? But yeah, but we started we started seeing Rin in the beginning. Hmm. And so we just sort of stuck with it. There's actually a couple of things like that, that as we got into the show, I realized we might have been saying them wrong, but I didn't feel like confusing the matter. Right on. So like the goma, I've seen that written either as goma, like we've been saying it, or gorma. Yeah, well, you know what? I remember we were talking to uh, our producer Mark at the
1: very beginning, and he had he had written something, and uh, I actually I was like, hey, that's not how like Coda were spelled. And oh, he yeah, said, well, Cotipotero. I looked at that's like one. Different a bunch of different spellings on. Yeah, and there was like a couple of different spellings, and he just picked, I guess, the most frequent one that he saw. So. The answer, Cody, is we don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, that is equally possible, maybe even more possible. But with stuff like that, we just sort of picked a translation that seemed to work for us and went with it. Um, If that is something that has been bothering you, the listeners, as we've been going through these last 50 episodes, um, I am sorry that we have been driving you insane. Real sorry. Uh, We will try to do better next time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, provided I mean, not it doesn't require like a whole lot more effort on our part.
0: Although we are actually going to have to be careful because in Jetman the Red Ranger is named Ryu, and now that we've That's finally reprogrammed cool. ourselves to say Rio, that uh, <laughs> th- there might be a learning curve on that one, guys. We'll do our best. Okay, uh, so another question from Lin
1: Rin, indeterminate. Yeah, possibly Lin. We don't really know.
0: Another question from Cody here. Next question. Is that, if you remember in the the last scene in the last episode, when they show up to their reunion at Murder Basement. Yes. uh, Rin or Lin and Shoji show up together. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he was speculating that perhaps that was, like, since they arrived together, maybe that was more than just two friends who happened to meet in the doorway. Hmm. I, I'm going to vote no on that.
1: Because, wait, who does Rin talk to on the phone? Daigo. She talks to Daigo on the phone. Who? maybe. You know what, actually? I'm still going to vote no. And the only reason I'm going to vote no is because it's a kid's show. I think because it's a kid's show, like a kid would not, like, kids I don't think would crave uh, closure on like that particular aspect of the rin you relationship, and I think they would find it confusing for something to change at the very last episode, so I think the answer is officially no, but I think you could headcanon to say, like, yeah, of course, they just don't mention it because it's a kid's show.
0: I, I think that is a very fair assessment. Okay, and finally, we have from our good friend Brian, who you may remember from the uh, live episode where we watched the movie, or if you are also a listener to the other podcast that is produced by Retrograde Orbit Radio, The Ration Cast, or The Ration Project, rather. Uh, He is Brian old-timey and does all the radio announcements and so forth. (laughs) He does have a good old-timey voice. He has a great old-timey voice. Anyway, so Brian sent me this whole email, and I'm not going to read the whole thing on the air because it is paragraphs long, but he has a theory about Dire Ranger and the very issues that we were discussing at the end of last episode and the beginning of this one. And his theory is that the whole thing was orchestrated by Kaku. That Kaku Kaku made the mud monsters. Because his, like, the Dai Rangers were his backup plan. Oh, okay. And his main plan was to recreate the Goma, like, and then defeat Shadam, and then become the emperor of the Goma, and then be able to either sort of shut them down or reunite Kiryoku and Yorioku. Okay. But, like, they got too powerful and got out of hand, and so the Dai Rangers needed to fight them. Okay, wait. So is his theory so shot him as a
1: mud puppet, but not knowing that he was a mud puppet, thought that he was creating the other mud puppets as a way to eventually get himself into the position of Goma Hood, right? Right, like right. Goma, Goma the Sixteen. Yes. The new th- Brian's theory, is that Kaku... Was doing the same thing, but went the extra step of like creating the Rangers in order to have a foil in his own rise to Goma the 16th Hood so that he could himself turn the Goma away
0: from evil? It's not so much that I think he was creating them as a, a foil, but so much that, that he was creating them as a backup plan in case his attempts to defeat Shadam to become the emperor failed. He sort of had a fail safe. Okay. Dang. Now, I don't know. Listen, none of this is explained. That could be the case. It could be the case, like we said earlier, that the whole thing was sort of orchestrated by the force of Yoriyoku. Just sort of acting as a independent agent. And it also brings up the question, of which, which of those Goma were mud monsters? Because they couldn't have all been mud monsters. Ooh, yeah. Because Kaku was a Goma, but he wasn't a mud monster. Right. Because when he died, he sort of went to, you know, he became one with the Force. And right. also, First Lieutenant Shiryu, when he died, he became one with the Force. So at least those two survived. So, and so, I imagine not that other is... people did as well. Right. So what I'm guessing is that the Emperor died, Shadam, Zidos, and Gara all died, and probably some other key figures all did, and then either, as we have posited, the force of Yoriyoku recreated those things to sort of reset the cycle in motion, or Kaku recreated those things as a way to sort of put in place the plan to sort of wrap things up instead of just blowing things up you know actually like get in charge and do things from the inside okay now the only reason that I think that doesn't work is that if what he wanted to do was to shut down the Goma and the Emperor and Shaddam were already dead then he probably could have like he was next in line anyway he probably could have just become Goma the 16th at that time and taken over if that's what he wanted to do. Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that makes Again, sense.
0: Again, this is all wild speculation, and it's entirely possible that I am uh, misrepresenting Brian's theory, in which case, sorry, Brian. Uh. But yeah, that is, uh, I think that is it for our sort of questions and commentary. Do you have any sort of final thoughts on the show you want to say? You know, Matt, I do.
1: And I feel a little... I <laughs> feel a little cheesy that I'm not ending on a joke, because the whole premise of the show is jokes. But amazingly, I feel like there's a pretty great lesson to be learned in Die Ranger. And okay. this is it. So just <laughs> bear with this like moment of I don't know, wisdom. The reason that make the reason that Die Ranger is so great is because it approaches what it does very seriously. Even though it's like a goofy show for kids, they really do just a heck of a job. And I think I think that's ultimately why I liked Ranger so much. And that is kind of my final thought, man. Like, whatever you're gonna do, just do it. Just do it like don't like take it seriously give it your honest best shot and it's going to be something that's going to be like a million times cooler than maybe even you thought it was going to be so thank you die ranger for teaching maybe not kids would get that lesson but adults that lesson so rock and roll
0: that's yeah, absolutely and honestly i feel like that has sort of been the uh the journey of you and i doing this show is that initially this was <laughs> yeah, right this was the I feel like doing this show was the best dumb idea I ever had. (laughs) Uh, And I couldn't do any of my good ideas... Because somebody else already had all the good ideas... So we had to do the dumb one. Uh,
1: But but, I feel like it turned into a good idea. But you know, we did.
0: And I think it it really turned into something better than it was when we started. Um, And that, I think, honestly... You know, know, it's you and me. It's Mark. Right. Uh, But it's also the fact that we, at some point along the line got people who listened to the show and who liked it. Uh, and that, you know, it made it, uh, you know, it's a, it's an actual thing instead of just you and me talking every week. So thank you, listeners, uh, yeah, once again. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for coming along on this. Uh, we really hope you've liked it. Um, we hope you will continue to like Season 2. Jetman's going to be starting up in a week or two. Uh, particularly thanks to... Let's see who should we be thanking in particular, Dave. Well, this is Mark. I was Mark gonna say, does as much or more Mark. more work than we do on this right. thing.
1: Who makes this whole thing happen? Mark, you're a champion, a prince among men.
0: Thanks for uh, that. thank you to the guests we've had, uh, Bill and yeah, Nick and uh, the, uh, the, the the con. group we had on the live episode. Is there right. a, did we have another guest on this one? Uh, I think so. Gosh, I hope not, because if I forgot like oh, one of gonna four people, I'm going to feel like a real trash bag. Uh, but thank you, guests, for uh, making the time and making those episodes something special. Um, so yeah, thank you, listeners. Thank you, guests. Uh, thank you if you have mentioned the show. Thank you everyone who's retweeted it or mentioned it to a friend or uh, the people who listen who have podcasts of their own. Uh, I know... Uh, Chris Sims on War Rocket Ajax, uh, has yeah. mentioned us a time or two in passing. Uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, Jake and Josh from the Morphin Grid, Matt and Mike from Ranger Danger. Um, yeah, that's all been great. Um, I'm saying um a lot now because we're getting to the end and <laughs> you've I'm earned some. of other things to say here. You've earned some ums, Matt. That seems fair. Okay. But we're ready to bring this thing home, Dave? I think we are. One last time, bud. All right. That is going to do it for Live and Let Die Ranger. Before we finish up, I would like to remind you all that you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us, get notes on future episodes, we are on Twitter, at bros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, and thank you really everyone who you does. really hope you We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on platforms other ones you can go to our live site you can do all sorts of stuff uh if you happen to be an itunes listener i know that rating reviewing subscribing on there that sort of pushes us up the charts helps other people find the show so if you could do that that would be wonderful (laughs) uh helps new people find the show the super sentai brothers are a production of retrograde orbit radio once again we are the super sentai brothers i'm matt i'm dave and we will see you next week